Drive Time Devotions is a Saddleback Church podcast. We want to invite you to one of our weekend services. Visit us online at saddleback.com for locations and service times in your area. Please visit us this weekend. It's great to have you back for our second day of looking at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, day 2. We're going to look at verses 3 to 6 today. And we're talking together about what Paul had to say to Timothy and also because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what he had to say to you and to me about how to last. And these verses, verses 3 to 6, contain four keys to lasting in faith, four keys to lasting as a servant. Listen to what Paul wrote. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In these verses, very personal words to Timothy, Paul also reveals to you some ways that you can live a faith that lasts. Four specific things that are a part of that in these verses. Serving with a clear conscience, praying for people, longing to see people, and helping people to fan God's gifts into flame. So you can see from the very beginning, even as I go through those four, that lasting in life, it can't be all about you. It has to be about other people. But let's walk through those four things. First of all, if I'm going to last in faith, if I'm going to last as a servant, if it's not going to just be a season in my life, but it's going to be the rest of my life, first of all, I have to serve with a clear conscience. If my conscience isn't clear, if I feel like I'm trying to serve, but there's guilt in the back of my mind all the time, I'm being worn out physically by that. The Bible tells us that holding sin in our lives, unconfessed sin, it just wears you out physically. But also spiritually, I feel all the time like I'm not worthy to do this. I shouldn't be doing this. I haven't dealt with this. And eventually it'll get to you and you will not last. So Paul served with a clear conscience. Now, here's this phrase again that we talked about, those of you that have gone through 1 Timothy with us. Paul talks a lot about a clear conscience. And remember, a clear conscience is not about being a perfect person. There's no such thing in this world. Having a clear conscience means as best as you know how, you've cleared it up between you and God, and you've cleared it up between you and others. If there's a sin that you've committed, you've reminded yourself in prayer that God is a forgiving God, and you've asked Him, God, help me to live in a new way, a different way. And if you struggle with jealousy 20 times a day, 20 times a day, you go to God and ask for that strength. If you struggle with lust 50 times a day, 50 times a day, you go to God and ask for that strength. If you struggle with envy 100 times a day, 100 times a day, you go to God and say, God, once again, I'm coming to you. Living with a clear conscience means you're talking to God a lot about your faults, but you're reminding yourself that he is a forgiving God. So you don't live in a place of guilt. Guilt is just a reminder the fact that I need to go to God and recognize his forgiveness in my life. I don't hold on to guilt. I go to God with my guilt. That's serving with a clear conscience. Now, notice Paul says here, I do this as my forefathers did. You might have a question about what he means there. What forefathers is he talking about? Well, read the Old Testament. He's talking about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's talking about all those in the Old Testament, the prophets in the Old Testament who served God. And they served before God with a clear conscience. Why? Because just as I just talked to you about, they had a life that was a constant conversation before God. It wasn't, hey, God, I'll touch base with you, and now I'll go out and serve you for six months, and then maybe I'll check in again and see how I'm doing. 
No, life was this constant conversation with God, the good and the bad. That's what gives you a clear conscience before God. So if you want to last in ministry, life has to be that constant conversation. You have to serve with a clear conscience. Are you doing that? Or is there something between you and God that needs to get cleared up right now? Is there something between you and another person that God's telling you needs to get cleared up right now? Is there a person, as you're serving God, you hope that person never shows up, you never see that person, because you know that you haven't cleared it up yet with them. Serve God with a clear conscience. Second thing you do to last is you pray for people. Paul said, I serve with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Now, you need to pray about everything. I need to pray about my worries. I need to pray about my opportunities. I need to pray about what's happening in my daily life. I need to pray about my plans. But remember to pray for others. Paul, a constant part of his life was praying for others. It's interesting. I found in my life that I tend to get discouraged if I just pray for my plans, just pray for my things, because they don't always work out like I want them to work out. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes I have to have patience. And I found that encouragement comes when I take the time to pray for others. Now, things may not always be working out for them either, but all of a sudden I've lifted my eyes off of my little life and I'm praying for other people. I'm recognizing God's work in their life as well. And that balances things out in a different way. It helps you to last. You pray for people. A third thing you do, not only do you serve with a clear conscience and pray for people, but to last, a third thing you do, to have lasting hope, you also long to see people. Paul says in verse 4, I recall your tears and I long to see you so that I can be filled with joy. He wanted to be with people. Now, what does he mean by recalling your tears? He's recalling the last time they had parted. And Timothy, in his attachment to Paul as a mentor, had cried, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss being with you. I'm going to miss your leadership. So Paul writes and says, I long to be with you. Now, he couldn't. We're going to talk about as we go through this book that he's in prison. So he couldn't get out of that prison to be with Timothy, but he wanted to be with Timothy. People who last, people who last in faith and in life and in hope, and people who last in serving others, love others, want to be around others. If life is just all about you, or even just all about you and God, me and God and nobody else, you're not going to last. God's built me. He's built you to be in relationship with other people. And Paul, who began his life as a very legalistic, pharisaic kind of guy, a person who really didn't long to see people, he indicates in some of the other letters that he wrote, has become this man who is in, in a place where he has deepened his relationships with others, and he longs to see others. He longs to be with them. It's all about people. When it's all about tasks, I'm not going to last. Now, God has some tasks for you to do, no doubt about it. But if that's all that life is about, I'm just going to get worn out. It's when it's about people, the people that God has made, the people we're going to be with for all of eternity. That's how I last. And maybe you need to get your eyes a little off the task and a little more on the people. I know I need to do that from time to time. You long to see people. You pray for people. You serve with a clear conscience. And then you do a fourth thing. You help people to fan God's gifts into flame in their life. Paul says, reminded of your faith, the faith of your grandmother and your mom, I'm reminded that you have that faith in your life too. He's encouraging Timothy here. And then he says very specifically, I want to remind you, I want to encourage you to fan into flame God's gift in your life. Paul is saying, it's already there. You've got God's gift in your life. I want you to fan it into flame. Now, as you read 1 Timothy, you find out that those gifts had to do with Timothy being a, a pastor, speaking to people, sharing God's good news to people. 
And somehow he was shrinking back from doing that, maybe because of the false teachers that were a part of the church, maybe because he was getting too much criticism, maybe because he was beginning to be weary in the ministry. And so Paul says, I want you to fan it into flame. You make a choice. It's God's gift, but you make a choice to fan it into flame. You make the choice to recognize that gift, to have faith that God wants to use that gift, and to choose to use it on a daily basis. That is my choice. That's your choice. The gift isn't yours. It's God's. But the choice to fan it into flame, that is your choice. And Paul says, I want you to remember, it's in you because I laid my hands on you. So it goes back to the past. You, you might be looking at your life and thinking, God's gifts aren't in my life. I don't see him working right now. Well, Paul is reminding us here, it's okay sometimes to look back on the past. And if you've ever seen God's gift at work in your life, if you've ever had somebody lay hands on you and recognize God's gift, which that's what that means, to lay hands. It's not some magical thing where, you know, somehow Paul laid hands on Timothy and some supernatural power came through Paul and he gave him gifts he wouldn't have had. No, Paul is saying here, I laid hands on you, recognizing you, recognizing God's gift in you, encouraging God's gifts in you, seeing what God has done. If you've ever had anyone do that, ever seen God's gifts at work in your life, look back to that and realize that was true. That is true. So you fan it, you fan it into flame. It's like keeping a fire going. Uh, a fire can look like it's dead, but if somebody can just give it a little bit of oxygen, you just fan it a little bit, all of a sudden the embers start to glow and then the fire comes back. Right now in your life, you may feel like the gifts are dead. The opportunities are dead. They're gone. Fan it into flame. If it's ever been there, it is still there by the power of God. It's never going to die. It is God's gift. So you fan it into flame. It may not be being used as you want it or where you want it or when you want it. Those circumstances might have changed. And that's disappointing to us as human beings when, when circumstances change. But the truth is, God wants to use the gifts he's put into your life where you are right now. Now, hear that as a Timothy right now. But also, before we end today, hear that as a Paul. Not only should you fan God's gifts into flame in your own life, but part of living a lasting life of service is fanning them into flame in other people's lives. It's not just about how can I best use God's gifts. One of your greatest contributions in life is going to be helping other people to see how they can best use God's gifts. And when somebody's failing, when the gifts aren't being used, instead of writing them off and thinking, well, they could have done better, but they didn't. No, you do what Paul did for Timothy. You encourage them. You say to them, the gifts are still there. Fan them into flame and watch what God can do in your life. Now, as we talk to Jesus for just a moment today, let's thank him. Let us thank him for his gifts. Jesus, thank you for the gifts that you've given us to serve others maybe speaking gifts, or maybe serving gifts, or maybe administrative gifts, maybe gifts of the way that we can encourage, maybe gifts of the way that we can help people who are hurting. God, thank you for your gifts. And there are times in our life when we see them fully aflame and we recognize, wow, God is using me in this moment. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift. When those times happen, help us to be thankful, to praise you. There are other times in our lives when it looks like it's dead to us. It's not not at work. Remind us in that moment, in this moment, that the gifts are not dead. You put them into our lives. The fire is always there. And Lord, help us to see right now how through the encouragement of your spirit, we can fan into flame your gift in our lives right now, today. We ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 
Tomorrow, we're going to look together at a very important verse of Scripture, God's answer to our timidity.